Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Black Girl Burnout Podcast. Kelly here. And today we are interviewing Taylor Elise Morrison. This was a fun one for me. Taylor was a breath of fresh air. Taylor is a founder, facilitator, coach, and serial entrepreneur, making well-being and personal development more accessible. Through her company, Inner Workout, and her book by the same name, Taylor supports people's long journey to know, care for, and become their full selves. She was recently named one of Fortune's 10 innovators shaping the future of mental health. She's tired of the aspirational wellness as usual. Instead, Taylor builds businesses, content, and experiences that make well-being and personal development much more accessible to you and I. You're just as likely to see Taylor facilitating a workshop at a Fortune 100 company as you are to see her talking about mental health on TikTok or even body image with a high school class. Wherever she goes, Taylor is sure to use her coaching, mindfulness, and movement training to meet people where they're at and offer actionable steps toward creating a world without burnout. This was a fun conversation. Taylor and I dig into her own journey to opting out of struggle and how she created her amazing platform, Inner Workout. So let's jump into the conversation. For a long time, I've been a rider, two running riders, and I took the blame, but I missed Hi, Taylor. I'm so excited to talk to you today. You do such great work. So I'm excited to dig into a conversation. And before we get into the questions that I have for you today and the conversation we're going to have, I want to give you some space to tell us who, who's Taylor. Tell us who you are and how you define yourself. I am a re- recovering strong friend. I am someone who is constantly learning how to better care for myself. And I'm someone who's embracing my creativity. Those are the things that feel truists right now. I love that. That's wonderful. Uh, I'm going to come back to some of that because I think that was a beautiful introduction. And we'll start with first, like immediately I like resonated with you saying I'm a recovering strong friend. And that what does that mean to you? That's my first question. And then I'm going to dig into, I promise what I, I always dig into. Yeah. So I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, both personally and for the business, because a lot of the people I end up working with are also recovering strong friends. And the definition that we came up with is something along the lines of like a person who has, for whatever reason, it's different for all of us, our, our strong friend origin story, but we put on kind of this armor of strength So that it looks like we have it all together. So it looks like we have the capacity to be there for everyone else. And we're doing that to connect with people or because we think that that's the way that people 
the only way people will engage with us. But what it actually does is it's an armor, it's a shield. So it's pushing people away. And yeah, I'm in the phase where I don't want to push people away. I don't want to unnecessarily project strength. I love that. And that ties really closely. I mean, there is this in sociology, there's that myth of the strong black woman. And what that means as a concept, right, which is what you said, it's like the putting on of armor, the lack of being able to be vulnerable and how that further creates isolation. It creates psychological distress, like all the things that keep you alone, right, and keep you unknown to some degree. And more importantly, which does tie into my first question, uh, it keeps you in struggle, right? It keeps you locked in this belief that life has to be that way. And so I, you know, you've said that one of the things that you're about is this recovering strong friend, but just in general, I'd love to hear how, where you are now, right? Because you're in a very different place. What was the journey like for you to opt out of struggle, to opt out of the belief system that life needs to be hard and that burnout is going to is inevitable and that taking care of yourself should be at the bottom of the list. Has that been a struggle for you? And if so, what, how did you opt out of that and shift away from that? Absolutely. It's been a struggle for me. It's still more of a struggle than I'd like to admit. Honestly, it's like constantly unlearning and relearning better ways and more supportive ways to exist and to engage with the people in my life. So my story is really one of being an overachiever and wanting to prove myself. And I mean, we've all heard it feeling like you got to work twice as hard to get half as much. So I really distinctly remember this time in 2017, where I was working a full-time job. I also was trying to do some side hustle stuff. I was volunteering with multiple nonprofits. I was planning a wedding. I was trying to have some kind of social life. And I was just so stressed out. And that was kind of, depending on how you see it, kind of the height of the stress or my low point where I realized that for months at that point, I had been doing the things that we often talk about as self-care, the more like treat yourself kind of self-care, the really surface level type of self-care, which isn't bad. I still love those things, but they weren't getting to the root of why I was constantly burned out and stressed out and overwhelmed. And for me, in that moment, I remember that it was a Sunday night and I was trying to plan for my week. I had way too much to do and not enough hours in the week. And I had my paper planner. I had my laptop and I was sitting down. I was like, I'm going to be good. I'm going to plan out my week. And instead of planning, I was panicking. I was just feeling more and more and more stressed out. And I did something really uncharacteristic, which probably you would define as opting out of the struggle. I said, you know what? This isn't helping me right now. I'm trying to plan to feel better and it's making me feel worse. So I'm going to close my laptop. I'm going to put my phone aside and I'm going to take a bath which is funny because now I'm always telling people that self-care is more than baths, but it started with a bath for me. I took the bath and it was like this space where I didn't have to worry. I didn't have to freak out. It was just me and my journal or my book or music or just my thoughts in the bathtub. And it felt so good that I kept doing it. And that was really like my pivot point of opting out of struggle 
And what that did for me then is I was like, wait, this feels so good to have my little time on Sunday nights. What if I felt like that on a Wednesday afternoon? What if I felt like that on Friday morning? And so for me, it became this journey of practicing self-care the way I talk about it as listening within and responding in the most loving way possible. What if 2024, you got a little bit better every day? Well, when you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. You don't need to pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. I have loved using Babbel. As you may know, I used to live in Italy, and Babbel helped me be able to speak to vendors, navigate vacation spots, ask for directions. It just made life easier. Babbel's 10-minute lessons are quick and handcrafted by hundreds of language experts that you can start learning to speak a language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 50% off a one-time payment for a lifetime Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com bgb. Get 50% off at babbel.com bgb, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bgb rules and restrictions may apply i don't know about you but i have opted out of struggle when it comes to meal prepping and eating high quality food with butcher box you get incredible deals on premium cuts deals as good or hard to come by at the grocery store i know for myself i do not like having to plan out everything i eat and then also be concerned about the quality of what i'm eating when it comes to butcher box it means less trips to the grocery store for me it means knowing immediately in my freezer what's available and feeling confident about what's in there it's about the value that butcher box offers i mean where else can you get free protein for a whole year with butcher box you don't have to worry about what's for dinner butcher box is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, get $20 off your first order. Sign up today at butcherbox.com BGB and use code BGB to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Oh, I love that definition of, of self-care. And I think as you went through the stages and steps to where you were and and how you opted out. I can just hear the listeners being like, yep, yep, yep. You know, that check, been there, done, done that, felt that way. Why do you think that that is happening? Why do you think so many people, and particularly in this case, Black women, because I feel like there's a lot of us who feel like this is like car- cut and paste journey for a lot of people. What messages or what kinds of things out in the world do you think reinforce that struggle mentality of like juggling 50 things in the air? So many. So to speak from my experience first, I think for me, I 
I had parents who didn't say that I had to be the best, but they said I had to do my best. And sometimes my best ended up being in the top of whatever I was doing. And so then that became my standard. And there was a lot of like perfectionism that was internalized. That was just a lot of pressure of, I got to keep up with the standard that I set for myself. I also went to school in a predominantly white school and there was a lot of, okay, so I'm one of the few and now whatever I do, however I show up, isn't just about me. This is one of the few representations of black people that they're going to see. So I got to make sure that it's a good one, which again, is a lot of pressure for someone young to have on themselves. So I see that in my journey of like this internalized version of it, but also being really aware of what I might be representing for other people. And I mean, and white people don't have that pressure to be like the representative for their race. The other thing that I see, I still see it in my life, maybe a little bit less so, but I've seen and heard it in a lot of black women's lives as well is even if you were, you did grow up in a predominantly black environment, there's still this, you have to work twice as hard to get half as much. And I think all the way back to like Harlem Renaissance and those times and the talented 10th, and you need to be the best of the best, because if you want to make a way for yourself to use the terminology we use now, like if you want to create generational wealth, if you want to break generational curses, all of these things, then you got to be on your game. And again, that's a lot of pressure that people, um, not everyone is experiencing in the same way that black women are, let alone like all of the experience of nurturing and mothering and caretaking that black women do in our community, that we're not just responsible for us being the best of the best. We're also responsible for making sure other people have what they need. Yeah, so much about expectations, really. And you talked about expectations in so many different ways, right? There's external expectations and external pressures of having, especially if you're an only or really any black person in a space, feels the weight of their blackness in a negative way. Like, oh, if I misbehave, I have a bad day. Oh, everyone's going to think black people are this way. If I behave in a a great way, people are going to assume that's the standard and it always has to be great. And when I don't, I'll be penalized more. That kind of expectation. I love that you talked about for high achievers. And this is even like a new phrasing and thought for me is doing your best, becoming the standard and not giving people permission to not be their best. Like there are times where we're not going to be our best. And there really isn't a space for that when you're a high achiever, when high achievement becomes the standard, then there's all this guilt when you're not high achieving and all those expectations along with that. Um, There is a uniqueness to being in a predominantly white area and surrounded by whiteness. It creates its own sense of onlyness, which is its own pressure. It's just a lot of expectation. And yet at some point you're sitting there with your laptop and you're sitting there with all the stuff juggling your planner and panicking over the deep planning your week. And you're like, nah, I'm opting out of this. I'm going to get in the tub. What was it about? I think my last question here in this segment is what was it about that moment? Because it's a choice. You could have just 
done what you had to do, push through the panic, right? Right. Scribble something down. What was it in that moment? Do you think that made you say, "Mm, I mean, I'm phrasing it. I'm opting out. I'm not sure that's how you phrase it at the moment, but like, what was it that, what was the decision point or what was the moment? Like, what were you thinking that made you go? No, 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 no. Yeah. I think I have to credit it to my inner wisdom. Like it, it felt like a deeper, truer version of me that was kind of like, you know, you don't have to do this. And I still have this today where um, one of my friends has like a, a weekly newsletter and she'll take breaks from it and be like, we're going on hiatus for a little bit. And that literally never crossed my mind. Like I have a podcast too. I just made it seasonal because I was like, oh, a lot of people have seasonal podcasts. That's something I could do. Like until then, pushing through, doing something all the time, whatever it was, that was the only paradigm I could see. And it was like this deeper, wiser part of me was like, hey, you could just do this tomorrow. (laughs) And I was like, wait, what? And I decided to honor that. So it felt truly out of character for me um, at the time. Or And I even out of character doesn't feel like the right way to say that. Cause I, again, I think that was the truer, wiser part of me, but it was out of alignment with how I had been acting previously. Yes. Well said. And I do think that, you know, we talk a lot about this on the podcast. I talk a lot about like opting into your intuition and respecting that inner wisdom because it does give you signs and, opting out of perfectionism as well as, as something we've talked about. I've talked about on this podcast. It, it all comes together, but it starts with that inner wisdom. And I think that's a great place to set us up for our next segment, which is you talking a little bit about what you do now and how, you know, you, you preach the message of self-care. And I know as somebody who preaches the message of burnout and self-care as well, that it can be really tricky to, actually consistently do what you say, right? Like to actually live it when things are busy in a good way, right? Things are great. Uh, You know, you're getting features and people are buying your book and all those things, but how you center joy, how you keep joy in the forefront in the work that you do. So more to come with Taylor Elise Morrison as we talk about how she centers joy, how she centers joy in her professional life. that's it for today's episode. Here are a few ways where you can support this podcast. First things first, if you haven't subscribed and follow the podcast, we're streaming on all major platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just to name a few. Subscribe and get each new episode as it drops. Secondly, subscribe to the newsletter. We have a monthly newsletter that is chock full of goodness and updates, as well as first access to all the giveaways we do here at Black Girl Burnout. Are you following us on our socials? If not, what are you waiting for? You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Black Girl Burnout and on Twitter at BLK Girl Burnout. Last but not least, make our day and leave a review. Your five stars truly Give me and the team so much energy, and we appreciate you so much. Until we speak next, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Set all that I have to say. Close the door, close the door. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.